Hello, and welcome to another episode of F It, I'm Doing a Podcast. I'm Curtis Harris. This is episode 19, y'all. Episode 19. Um, we're coming up on episode 20, which is going to be the finale of this season. And then we're going to kick it back with a whole new, fresh season. And uh, that's going to be something. But... Today and till at least Monday, it is raining its ass off in Texas. Uh, it's that time of year where it, Texas might as well kind of call itself during this time Oregon when it comes to weather because the rain sometimes doesn't let up for a good couple of weeks. And when it does, it's dry as hell. But we're in a period right now where just about the entire area of Texas is going through flash floods, tornadoes, and all kinds of unpredictable climate. So if you're out there in Texas having to drive through this, deal with this, stay safe and uh, stay strong because we will get through this eventually. On Tuesday, I was uh, hit with a bit of a surprise. Uh, Not myself, but um, we've lost a lot of celebrities over the past couple of uh, months. And uh, some of them I relate to because of growing up, watching them or listening to them. But yesterday, we lost Charles Grodin. a legendary actor talk show host that uh, was around back in the day when talk shows well basically he was more known for his acting and he has a long list of acting credit he's brilliant funny Uh, his characters were always cranky or moody about some shit in the movies. He always played the uptight dad in or character in his films. I small confession, I have never seen The Heartbreak Kid and I'm going to make a point to watch that soon because I've heard so much about it. I discovered Charles Grodin as a kid through The Muppet Show. Or do the Muppet movie, actually. and uh, Or the great Muppet caper, to be exact. To be totally correct on it. Where he played a jewel thief. Who was wooing Miss Piggy. And... I didn't know who the actor was. I just knew that... The story... As a kid, the story is awesome. To me, it still is awesome how they did this. How they pulled it off back in the day. Because you'd have a lot of people naysaying and turn up the nose at the possibility of doing something like this. Even with the fact that the Muppets came out and tried to do that resemble that kind of feeling. Uh, I also know Charles Grodin from one of my favorite comedies of all time. Seems like old times. Neil Simon's Seems Like Old Times. Uh, the film starred Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase with Grodin in the third as the third wheel as you could say, playing the husband of Goldie Hawn, the second husband of Goldie Hawn, 
who had to compete with the first husband who uh, whose situation in the movie brought him to their house. And I remember that movie so well in theaters because of the fact that Goldie Hawn's character was bringing any stray in or taking care of many people as possible. She had, uh, she was 70s progressive in the film. She had a uh, Latino uh, cook. She had a black uh, limousine driver slash caretaker in the house. And uh, she had a ton of dogs that she kept taking in. That was a whole running gag. There was all these dogs. And not spoiling the movie that's been around for almost 30 years, but please check it out because I thought it was a great little film. Uh, That one in Foul Play, which Groden wasn't in, but it's a Goldie Hawn film. I thought those were peak comedies back then. And they still hold up. Well, I say something still holds up without dissecting the newest political correct thing that's going on right now. Um, But Groden, uh, he had me, he cracked me up. I didn't realize how funny he was until he was on Letterman and his appearances on Letterman. His appearances on Letterman was savage. Groden did not give a fuck. He went in, and I know this was kind of a thing between him and Letterman, but I don't think it started like that because Groden just told it how it was. He's pushing a movie or a book or a play, and Letterman would fuck with him about certain little things, and he would take the littlest thing and he would just blow it up. And his line and his delivery during that, he was he was hilarious. He he really truly was. Um, he uh, he became known, I guess, if you want, if Disney Plus now has the Beethoven series where he played the dad dealing with the fact that the kids wanted a St. Bernard and he had to deal with it and all this kind of stuff going on. He did a few of those films. Uh, one film that I have yet to see, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember it was being panned so horribly is Clifford, the Martin Short film that he did with Martin Short. And one day I'm going to go back, and maybe soon, uh, when I can, I'm going to go and try to binge a few of Groden's classics. Uh, Midnight Run was another film that I haven't revisited in a long time. I might go back and revisit that. But Clifford, I saw a clip from Clifford yesterday that had me dying laughing, just because how deadpan it was, how just ridiculous the whole scenario was. Martin Short played a child, as in a in his adult form, and you're going, okay, that's stupid. That's not gonna work. Yes, it's stupid, but the shit works. Uh, he had a nice little cameo, and so I married 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 an axe murderer. That uh, is another film I haven't seen in a long time. That wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, but I may revisit and feel different. But uh, Groden passed away yesterday. The guy left a lot of laughs in his film work. And uh, he was doing the Larry David Kirby enthusiasm thing way before Larry David was. He honestly paved the way, though Larry David was around during that time as well. But he 
had his own niche back then. And rest in peace, Cranky Man. And another reason why I think he's awesome is because of uh, his takedown of Sean Hannity on Fox over a decade ago. That clearly showed what a continual asshole he continues to be. But uh, rest in peace, Charles Grodin. Another actor who passed away today at the age of 79, comedian Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney told like it was. He was unfiltered. He was raw about it. He was unapologetic about it. Uh, He was what people would say unapologetically black. He kept it real. But don't expect me to sit here and get it twisted and not say that some shit comes out about him and possible sex with a minor Richard Pryor Jr.'s son in fact and your feelings hit different I mean this started popping up I want to say two years ago and I don't know the whole history on it but it's out there and Richard Pryor Jr.'s comments about it is out there uh, I want to say even Quincy Jones in his little diatribe when he went off on social media may have hinted at it as well but anyway uh, the man brilliant comedian uh, told it like it was told the truth about it but a lot of shit's problematic sometimes even our truth sayers can have some problematic shit in their past we don't have any saints out there we we honestly just that we we if we do and that's what kind of kills me you you want to you want to praise god even i've i've in fact i posted how much i love charles groden and his passing and missed his passing and everything the sad day he passed and someone goes but his politics though and i went okay other than him shooting down sean hannity i don't give a fuck if he was a conservative or had conservative views until the end but he took down Sean Hannity so he's cool in my book unless you know he's sitting there applauding the insurrection which he did not so you gotta decide how you're gonna pick who you love right now because we all have those heroes that we love right we loved in the past as kids we grew up on and shit comes out, and then you want to go, well, that's just a smear campaign for blah, 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 blah. Look, if shit's pretty accurate on a person, shit's pretty accurate on a person. You can still appreciate a person's comedy and a lot of the truth that they were saying because he was telling some truth about our history, about black history, that was very real. And there was a lot of problematic shit that makes you feel different right now about the man. But this isn't a situation where you have someone with a problematic history and you just need to look at them like they're God. This ain't no Trump bullshit. This ain't no, I'm a conservative, so I'm just going to follow whatever the conservatives do no matter what. No, I question 
and I will call out the shit. I have very few heroes out there that are celebrities because the days of you having a perfect celebrity, and there's very few, I'm not going to put that in the airwaves of who I think is great. And then all of a sudden someone will be like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Because no one is perfect and not defending Paul Mooney at all because pedophilia, I hate that shit. This is more of a defense of people who who tell the truth. They got problematic shit. And you just have to take a lot of that history that they're telling and put it out there because they're not going to be here forever to keep that in the airwaves, so to speak. And speaking of the truth being out there, on Sunday, 60 Minutes ran a 15-minute segment on uh, the Navy releasing some UFO footage and releasing documents about what they witnessed, what pilots witnessed. And that shit was fascinating. Um, I... I believe that we are not a planet. We are not, we don't live in a universe where it's just this planet. I truly believe that we are inhabited. They're just not telling us that, oh yeah, by the way, there's a, there's this alien species that's in the ocean. Oh yeah, by the way, there's this alien species that lives out of our solar system just out of shy of our solar system and we don't talk about it because y'all would be fucked up I truly believe that I truly believe that we're not alone in this planet we've seen way too many things that have happened we had way too many people experiencing different things and you can go well maybe it's this maybe it's that last year proved that we don't have a whole lot of technology that is surpasses anything we've ever imagined um uh, we're still fighting to fly up again to the moon or we're still fighting to keep a space station afloat. We don't have the kind of technology that can buzz, fly through the air within a second or with a light speed or vanish into the water, which is that one footage that popped up on the UFO on 60 Minutes. We don't have that kind of technology. People can go, well, what about this? No, no, it's not that. We have technology that we may have co-opted from what we've witnessed, but nothing on that level. And I think that's why we're getting more stories of branches of the military and the government basically saying, yeah, they exist, but what are you going to do? They haven't necessarily made second, third, and fourth contact just yet. Uh, as far as I know, anyway. But uh, that was a fascinating 15 minutes. And there's a lot of people like, well, I don't believe it. My wife doesn't believe, believe in UFOs like that. She says, oh, well, I don't believe it. But 
we're not the only life on the on this world. We're just not. I refuse to believe that the same people, the same human race that can fill Walmart bags with gas is the only life in the universe. That's a joke. It just it just it's not the case. And May is almost over by at least uh, another week or so. And uh, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And that being said, uh, check on your friends and neighbors and family members because you never know what they're going through. You never know what they're dealing with. Um, We're not all having a great day. But all I can say is I got up this morning and I'm breathing again. And if you're still up this morning, then there's good things. You're still here. And it may not be the greatest thing right now for you, but you have to stay strong. And uh, whatever you're going through, it's not going to last uh, whether it's, it's uh, what I'm trying to say is, what you're going through is killing you right now. It's hurting you, but you have to ask: Will this situation that's hurting you and depressing you so much is it going to matter in a year? Now, that's not anything that's going to shake it off the moment I say it, or the moment you say it. It's going to take time. It may take a day. It may take weeks. It may take months. But. You got to give yourself that mental relief. You got to take some time if you can to dial it back. If the internet is depressing you, dial that shit back. If TV is depressing you, turn it off. Uh, which I'm telling you is depressing me seeing what's happening. And what's happening to the people of Palestine? Uh, it's the Palestinian people. What's happening to them right now? It's fucked up. Um, that whole entire civil war. And I'm not going to go on a rant. I promise I'm not going to go on a rant. But that's just depressing and sad. You just have to get through it. Get through it as best as you can. But you don't get to quit. Please understand when I say this. You don't get to quit. You keep fighting. You keep staying strong. You're going through some shit that, that might be the hardest thing you've ever dealt in your entire life you gotta stay here you have to stay here because there's so much in the world to live for there's a reason for everything I truly I truly truly believe that so stay strong you know where the connect you know where the hit me up at if you're having these issues uh, but stay strong and uh You'll get through this. And before I finish, I, yesterday I got to watch uh, a movie that I've seen a couple of times over the years. Rennie Harlan's The Last Kiss Goodnight. Um, I want to say late 90s action movie starring Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Before he became Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, him and Gina Davis were in this action film. 
and it's written by Shane Black. I want to say, uh, yeah, it's written by Shane Black. It's another Christmas movie. Shane Black seems to like writing Christmas films, whether you love them or hate them. Uh, and this film, I I I love I like this film. I I enjoy watching it. I really do. It's a great little actioner. Uh, Gina Davis's character plays a mom who discovers that uh, after a car accident, shakes her amnesia that she had back, and she realizes that she is an assassin. She's an assassin for the government, the U.S. government, and uh, this shakes her out of that where she's dealing with her life before and the life that she is as a mom now and it's got some little moments and scenes that I I liked about the film it's got a great little soundtrack with the film it's definitely your typical 90s film in a way but it has its own Shane Black uh, finesse about it and the delivery of the lines in the the film Uh, the only part that doesn't that doesn't age well is the amount small amount of Islamophobia in the film uh, the villains in the film who let's keep it real they work for the president and that plot point is never really concluded and they're trying to I guess start situation with uh, another country. They never really clarified what country they were going against other than it's a Middle Eastern country. And their plot was they're going to blow up a small town and they're going to blame a brown person for it. And Gina Davis's character and Samuel Jackson's character stumble on this plot and decide to fuck it up. All while trying to figure out who she is, really. And that third act is a little tough. Not, it might be tough to watch now for you, but if you've watched that movie a million times without even thinking about the Islamophobia in it, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's great. But it is a solid action film for that timeline. A solid action film regardless. Um, but that little bit doesn't age well and hold up because they're blowing up this 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 basically this town uh, that's not too far out from Canada and I, I, I if I if I if they want to remake it I'd say I would love to see them remake it maybe take out or completely take out the Islamophobia that's in it and fuel it with the terrorism we have now being domestic terrorism add a spin to that it will work out and also probably exposing revealing showing that the government people in it aren't the great on the good guys in it because I found it kind of I kind it doesn't land well because of the fact that the government was behind this but they don't get called out on the shit the people that they hired to do this job they get blown all the hell. They get blamed for it. Uh, this one guy that's in Washington, he gets to take the fall for it. But bottom line, the president was behind this because he wanted Gina Davis' character dead because she knew about the 
storyline involved this Operation Honeymoon thing. She knew about that. She needed to die. So he was the one calling the shots, but there never was a moment in this where they took out the president or took down the president for what he did. And I think that's the reason why there's not a sequel popping up because it would say this is a film about the government doing some heinous shit and we don't need that kind of fiction in our reality because it mirrors the reality of a lot of shit that's going on I'm looking at your insurrection but yeah it's a great film if you catch it it's on Tubi it's on Amazon uh, I it's probably the one Gina Davis action film I really enjoyed it doesn't get a lot of praise in my opinion you know people well what about this it's an action film I'm not going to strip it down to bones and say well I'm not going to watch it because I'm this or whatever fuck it it's a good action film if you like action films you enjoy it it's got Samuel Jackson in it pre Nick Fury kicking ass check it out but thus concludes this episode of FN I'm doing a podcast on a rainy Wednesday episode 19 if I'm correct I'm Curtis Harris and I will talk again with you shortly